uh, we're going to get right into the word, but I just wanted to just kind of share a little bit of this with you this morning in case in case anybody would like to uh, just have a little peace in their valley. That's not the song, but that's I'm going to do it in the key of uh, key of A. Is there peace in your valley? Does your long night sin so well? Are you struggling till the daylight? Then your day becomes living hell might be sickness or a mind thing each one tortures just as well and that alone can sure get heavy Walking through that living hell There's a man they call Jesus He can lift any heavy load Turn your darkness into Up that walking down a dead end road. Since I took him as my savior, found a friend I'd never known. He goes with me. My struggles, and he never will let go. Through that sickness and that mind thing, and that torture in your soul. Get healthy walking down that dead end road. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You want to get right into the word?
have your Bibles this morning. I'd like you to take your Bibles and open with me to Genesis, the book of Genesis. And uh, I want to look at the 12th chapter. And it goes like this. I've entitled the message, A Time of Endurance. A Time of Endurance. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 at verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Verse 3. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And I really like this part. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now there's many ways... I could preach this this morning, but I'm not dealing but with one thought today, and that is endurance, a time of endurance. Let me say this morning, and most of you know this, time can be on your side, or time can work against you. Ever thought about that? Always go to the dictionary. Somebody says, well, you've probably dictionaried that word before. Well, most of them I've dictionaried, (laughs) you could say, to death. (laughs) I just go in there and I squeeze, get all the juice. I've said this before, but we was probably, we lived in Berry Hill at the time. And we had an old dog named Chubby, big old collie dog. In fact, when he finally got run over. He liked to chase cars. And we lived right there on 21st Street, which was, if you're coming east into Tulsa, if you was on the south side of the river, that's the way you came. And old Chubby, he was so big and so heavy that uh, a 58 Buick, Now I don't know how many of you know how big a 58 Buick is. It's, it, it's loaded with chrome, and it's pretty heavy. And we lost Chubby, but Chubby left his mark on a 58 Buick. I mean, tore that whole front end up in that car. But there were six of us kids growing up and mom and dad, and so when mom would cook, I mean, she'd cook a couple of chickens, you know, and plenty of biscuits and gravy. It was always my job to take the scraps out. 
And so we didn't know nothing about dog food. <laughs> I mean, you didn't buy dog food. You didn't buy dog food. Am I okay? Did it go off? Thank you, Nathaniel. You scrapped your animals, you know, especially your dogs. And I would go take the scraps out, and when I'd take the scraps out, I'd go to pour the biscuits and the gravy and chicken out. And before it ever hit the ground, Chubby, he took it like that, and he swallowed it. And I thought, you know, Chubby, you ought to get a little juice out of that. I get all the juice I can out of a word. I go to the dictionary, I look it up, I see if I forgot something, and I look at it again. Time can be on your side, or time can be working against you. I've entitled my message, A Time For, or A Time of Endurance. Now the dictionary says, time, and this is just in the regular dictionary, the period during which something exists, or continues, or can be accomplished. That's a good thought, amen? The period during which something exists, that's time. Or something continues, that's time. Or the time which something can be accomplished. One thing we all know, we ain't got much of it left here on earth. I want to go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Just sharing a little bit of God's word this morning. So thankful that he gives us an opportunity. Oh, there's many who ain't got this opportunity. They can't read the word. Some can't hear the word. And some can only imagine by looking at some of us living the word. Now, I want just the latter portion of verse 22... Jesus spoke of a time of endurance in this portion of the verse. Matthew 10, verse 22, latter part. But he that endureth, listen to this, to the end. It doesn't say he that endureth the end. It says he that endureth what? To the end. An act of endurance doesn't come quickly. It speaks of lasting, lasting. Even the, dic the dictionary says suffering patiently. Listen to this. Continuing, duration, persistence, a time of endurance. He said, but he that endureth to the end. Many people can run the race. And most people can finish. But oftentimes it's not how fast you finish. It's making it to the finish. We don't know everything that's going to transpire from now until the final days of life upon this earth as we know it. But there's a time that we must endure. Be persistent. Be persistent. Continue on. Last all the way. And suffer patiently. 
Now, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. A great, the great book of faith. And I want to look in Hebrews chapter 11 at verse number 8. By faith, Abraham. You notice his name's a little different here. His name was Abram, now it's Abraham. The Bible says in verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to what? To go out into a place which he should afterwards receive for an inheritance, he what? Obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city, listen to this, which hath what? Foundations whose builder and maker is who? God, Yahweh. The Lord Jesus himself. He builds his own city, amen. I, I mean, if you want something built right, sometimes you got to do it yourself, amen. You ain't out here being men pleasers, but you're out here being a self pleaser. And when I say a self pleaser, I say that in the right way. If you're building on any other foundation, if it's any other foundation than the foundation of the Lord Himself, then it will not stand, amen? Unless the Lord builds the house, it will not stand. If the Lord ain't in the marriage, it ain't going to last very long. Amen. There may be a lots of suffering. There may be a lots of, of things that's unnecessary because you partnered up with the wrong partner. Not a believer. Somebody says, well, Brother Lee, what should a believer believe? Well, he should take the word just as it says and nothing else. Amen. Somebody says that's hard to understand unless you got a, somebody to teach you and somebody to preach to you. But the problem is oftentimes, oftentimes they're teaching you wrong and sometimes you're even teaching yourself wrong. So you got to get in the Word and you got to endure until the end. Somebody said, well, the end's going to be like this. And somebody said, well, the end's going to be like this. But you ain't never come to the end yet. Amen. So you're going to chance what somebody else says for your final destination. I don't know everything about it. I don't know everything about it. But I'm going to endure. I'm going to endure standing upon His Word, rightly dividing the Word of truth, here a little, there a little, taking every jot and every tittle, and asking the Holy Spirit to put everything into perspective in the right manner within my mind and within my walk of faith. Bless God. He looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, 
so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which by the seashore innumerable. These all what? These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and what? And embraced them. Listen to this. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had an opportunity to what? To return. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he hath prepared for them a city. Now listen to this, verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure or in a type. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of jo Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, and worshipped leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now listen to this. He gave commandment concerning his bones. This thing is, I mean, it's deep, amen? He said, when, I, when you leave this place, he said, don't leave my bones. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. But when you leave this place, dig up my bones and take my bones to the promised land. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. So, he gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, I just got three or four more verses here. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him, he what? He endured, he endured as seeing him who is what? Invisible. He endured by seeing what he couldn't see with his natural eye. He could only see it by faith through the Spirit of God the way God desired to speak to him. This is powerful. The Bible says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And 
a long, long list. In fact, a never-ending list of saints of God who by faith lasted, suffered, suffered patiently, continued to endure. To those who will choose to follow God, there will be times of endurance. Times of endurance. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And I want to share Paul here in the fourth chapter at verse 13. I've entitled the message, A Time of Endurance. Somebody said, I can't do that. I can't hold on that long. I can't do this or I can't do that. Well, that's right. You can't. But God can. Amen? The Bible says, with God all things is possible. And to him that believeth, bless God. We want to have faith that our faith is in God's word. The Bible says in verse 13 of Romans chapter 4, for the purpose that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Now many times people read that and many times people will say, see that the law has nothing. The law, the, the, which we're really trying to get rid of the the Sabbath, because when you get right down to it, that's all, they're, that's all they're disagreeing with. But can I give you something? Let me read that again. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. If you know what it's talking about, it's talking about the law of circumcision. It ain't even talking about, it is not even talking about God's righteous eternal law. It's talking about the law of circumcision. He couldn't, he couldn't be an heir uh, uh, of the world uh, by circumcision, but through the righteousness of faith. Verse 17, for it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. That means makes, maketh alive. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. hundred years old. <laughs> God will make sure this thing was miraculous. Amen. Sarah, her womb was dead. Abraham was past the time when he could bring forth a child. But this is a child of promise. Amen. This is a child of promise. He staggered not at the promise through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. I want you to get this. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Christ our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Now verse 23 says it was not written for his sake alone and verse 24 says for but for us also. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to look at the first verse down through verse number 12, and I'll read it a little bit quick, so I want you to hang on. Moreover, brethren, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 10, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, can I say that there's many people today that will get baptized into water? And that simply means you're being baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection, especially when you come out. It's symbolic. It's a type of the resurrection. Now, when I read this, I, I, I have to look at this just a little bit in verse number 2. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, I believe there's a lot of people... Somebody says, well, that was baptized into the Holy Ghost. Well, that wasn't talking about baptized into the Holy Ghost. They were baptized into Moses. Moses is a type of the law. And there's people that have been baptized into water, but they've refused the law. I'm not talking about the law of circumcision and all those kind of different laws. I'm talking about the law of Almighty God. They were baptized in to Moses, bless God. And if you don't understand that, you need to continue until you do understand that. There's a baptism of water and there's a baptism into the spirit or the law and that is the spirit of the law that, I, that is speaking about here. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was who? It was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Simply means they perished. Verse 6, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things or carnal things as they lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drank, but they rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now here's verse number 11 and verse number 12 which is powerful. Now and don't be mistaken that's you got to go out here and you got to find the priest or you got to find uh, commandments or something and you got to be baptized into those commandments. That ain't what I'm talking about. Ain't what I'm talking about at all. Somebody says, well, Brother Lee, I'm just saying that's what the Word says. They were baptized unto Moses. But many of them did fall and they perished. But I really ain't talking about the ones that fell and perished. I'm talking about the ones that endured until the end. Huh? They got baptized into Moses or the spirit of the law. They were righteous by faith, bless God. They didn't stand on something that would fail. 
Jesus said to him that endureth unto the end. These things are our examples to the intent. And so we have these things as our examples. Verse 11, all these things happen unto them for examples or examples and they are written for what? Our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Verse 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The previous verses was talking about those that got delivered out of Egypt. They got delivered out of sin. It just was a type of sin. But they fail. And it makes no difference In that sense, they failed. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now, can I say this, and I want to say this in the message this morning. There were three great routes. Some says routes. I don't know if you call it Route 66 or Route 66. That's up to you. But there were three great routes or roots that led out of Egypt. Now this, listen to this. The most northern was through the land of the Philistines. Yet it was the shortest. And then there was a central route that had extremely long stretches of desert. And then there was the southern route which led into the wilderness by the Red Sea. Now they could have taken either of the first two. But I like to say this. God wasn't headed in that direction. Huh? God wasn't headed in that direction. The miracles were set for another place. He has chosen your deliverance. He has chosen your destination to be miraculous, to be supernatural. Bless God. When Isaac was born unto Abraham, it was supernatural. It was miraculous. I want to go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And let me say before I read anything, I've got about four verses here in Exodus chapter 3. But before I read those, I want to say, no man can come to the promises of God without first coming to the mountain of God's presence. Huh? You've got to meet head on with God and His law, which is His word, which is His law, which is His word, which is His law, which is His word. You can't separate it. Huh? You can't separate God from His word. Because God is the word. He always has been the word. And He will always be the word. You get rid of the law, you get rid of God. Amen? 
And so God brings the children of Israel not on the quickest route or route. He, he doesn't take them on the shortest route and route. But He takes them to the mountain. The Bible calls it the mountain of God's presence. The mountain of God's presence. Can I tell you this morning, He's separating His people from one world to another. God is separating His people. Just like He separated His people when the plagues fell there in Egypt. The Bible says the plagues was fallen one by one. And they affected the children of Israel just like they affected the Egyptians. But God put a separation between His children. In the land of Goshen, God placed His people there. And they were protected, bless God. And just like the Bible says there's seven last plagues that's going to foul. They're not meant for God's children. Because God's presence, God's presence is the place of our safety. Now you remember when Moses had fled to the back of the mountain. He fled to the back of the mountain when he was about 80 years old. And the Bible said he literally had killed an Egyptian. And so he feared the king, so he goes to the back of the mountain. So, so what you see here is Moses is fleeing from God. Moses is fleeing from God, but let me tell you what happens when you try to flee from God. You run right smack into him. Huh? You run right smack into him. Thank you, Lord. You can't run from God. You can't hide from God. Moses, the Bible says, was learned in all the ways of the Egyptians. I mean, he knew everything. I mean, mathematically, he knew everything. I mean, knowledgeable. He was brought up in the house of the Egyptians. And he goes back into the back of the wilderness and he spends 40 years talking to the sheep. And when you spend 40 years talking to the sheep, you begin to sound like the sheep. Huh? But God was still in that preparing this man to lead sheep. Hallelujah! God was preparing him. God was working in his heart. Sometimes you don't think God is doing anything for you or doing anything in you. You think God ain't listening. God cannot hear. But ain't the God we know, amen? Now, the Bible says in chapter 3 of verse 1, Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to what? To the mountain of God. It's the hill. The Bible says. These are the words in the King James. It's the hill God desires to dwell in. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. 
And behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. The bush was not consumed. I'm going to give you the reason the bush was not burnt. And that is because he was seeing a fire from the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, there's a big difference in physical fire and spiritual fire. Spiritual fire is for cleansing. Spiritual fire is for holiness. Amen? When the Bible said when John was baptizing, they were coming to John to be baptized for repentance of sins. But he said, there's, my, there's one that's coming that's mightier than I. He'll baptize you with what? He'll baptize you with fire and he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Amen? That was Jesus he was talking about. That was Yeshua he was talking about. He'll clean your life up. He'll clean your life up. He'll set you on the right path. It's a path of righteousness. Righteousness is diakema. It's the just requirements of God's law. There will not be a man make it into heaven that has not had the opportunity to either accept God and choose God and His Word or refuse God and His Word. Doesn't mean you can't come in the late hour. Doesn't mean you can't come on the deathbed. I believe you can come in the late hour. And I believe you can come on the deathbed. But brother, you got to come. When the Bible says come out, do you know what the word come out? It's a, it's a Hebrew meaning. You know what it means? It means cross over. Cross over. So when the children of Israel was coming out of Egypt, they were crossing over. They were giving up in type the old life and they were crossing over to the new life. They were heading to the promised land. Forty years, it would not have taken forty years. But forty is a time of testing. And the wilderness was a time of testing to see who could endure that time of testing. Not a time of testing to just see if they professed a faith. It was a time of testing to whether or not the children of Israel would walk in the laws of God. Their forefathers had walked in the laws of God. But they, not only some had forgotten, but some didn't want to remember. They didn't want to remember. They said to Moses, it'd be best if we was back in Egypt. But that was a non-believer's. Somebody said, well, Brother Lee, was there some new believers being born? There's always new believers being born on the journey. And somebody's got to teach them, amen? Somebody's got to teach them right, amen? Amen. The Bible says, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why that bush is not burned. Can I give you the reason that bush didn't burn? Is because in that place of existence, there was design, divine substance that will never wear out. It will always be associated with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. 
Moses said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. He said, I've seen lightning strike. And back here in this old dry desert, he said, I've seen fires. And they burn the trees and they burn the bushes. And sometimes they might even kill some of the little sheep. He said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. He said, that bush just keeps on burning. He said, it just keeps burning. He said, the rain's come, but they can't put that bush out. They can't stop what God is doing. Unbelievers, you can pile them up in a great big pile. I mean a pile as bigger as the world's ever known. And they can't stop what God's doing. Hallelujah. God is bringing His children. God is bringing His children to the promised land. And He's going to test you. And He's going to test you by fire. And the Bible says in verse 4, When the Lord saw that He turned aside to see, God called unto Him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here am I. Here am I. When Abraham was called to come out, literally to cross over, in all of his journey, it was never about how quick he could get to Canaan land. It was about the time he journeyed. In Moses' leadership of the Hebrew children from Egypt, it was not about how quick they could get to Canaan, but about the time in the journey, about whether they would pass the big test. And there ain't no test ever going to be any bigger than this, taking God at His word and nothing less or nothing more. It will not be by sacrifices. For the Bible says it's better to obey than sacrifices. In fact, you can never regain by sacrifice what you lost through disobedience. Can I say to you this morning, obedience, obedience to God, not, not a church, not a set of doctrinal creeds. Somebody said, Brother Lee, you got a set of doctrinal creeds. Right here. We sat down one time. You know, I don't believe God gave us the name Seventh-day Bible Church by accident. A lot of people you say, it's got to be, what do you mean Seventh-day Bible Church? I don't even know that we knew all together at the time exactly what it all meant. And I sat down one time and God asked me, in fact, down through the years, a lot of people just asked me, what, what do you folks believe? Brother William, you remember when you, me and you first met? We were out in front of this church. And we started talking a little bit. People want to know what you believe. Have you got a lifetime? Me and Brother William became the best of friends. Best of friends. How did I know he was after God's heart? Because he had a hungry heart. How did he know I could be his friend and his brother? Because he knew I had a hungry heart. And as long as we have a hungry heart, 
to know the things of God, God will bring us into His presence. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want you to, Dustin, come on, come on up, you and Sister Ruth, whoever wants to come up. I want to thank God for the opportunity to uh, stand and preach His Word at the Seventh Day Bible Church. says by faith Abraham and by faith that that uh that chapter that whole area there dealing with faith is a it's a great uh question to us you know it it beckons to us where are we at in our life do we have the kind of faith that Abraham had to leave you know and listen to God's word and and to go out from your comfort zone you know do we have that kind of faith today I think that we do. I think that we, when, we, when we open up our hearts and we want to uh, listen to God and tell, tell us little things in our life, I think we're actually standing on faith just like Abraham did. I think when he tells us, you know, that maybe, maybe we don't need to go there. Maybe we don't need to hang out with certain people. Maybe we, maybe we need to do separate us from them people. Maybe something in your life that beckons, do you have enough faith, you know, in your life to step out like Father Abraham? That was a good message. We need to uh, take it to heart. Let's stand and sing this little song together. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me and if I live a holy life shun the wrong and choose the right I know the Lord will make a way for me praise you Jesus I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Thank you, Jesus. And if I live a holy life, shun the wrong and choose the right, I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord has made a way for me. I know the Lord has made a way for me. And if I live a holy life, I shun the wrong and choose the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Can you raise your hands up? Ask Him to make a way for you. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Thank you, Jesus. I know the Lord 
will make a way for me. Hallelujah. And if I live a holy life, I shun the wrong and choose the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord has made a way for me. I know the Lord has made a way for me. Now I live a holy life. I shun the wrong and choose the right. Come on, gather down front. Come on, let's go. Let's have some praise service right down here at the front. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You will find He's not too busy just to hear your hearts cry. Well, He's passing by this moment All your needs He'll supply Reach out and touch the Lord As He goes by Reach out and touch the Lord As He goes by you will find he's not too busy just to hear your heart's cry. Well, he's passing by this moment. All your needs he'll supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. 